Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for everyone. Ready. Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I'm so excited to have on a 44-year-old from Elmira, Ontario, Canada. His hockey journey took him to Canada, the USA, Denmark, Germany, and Austria. I was his super fan and watched from a young boy's eyes as he helped the Elmira Shurikings march to a Cherry Cup and Sutherland Cup titles for the first time in franchise history. And he ran a muck at RIT. One season having 61 points, 24 goals in 23 games played, became a legend with the Amarillo Gorillas, winning Rookie of the Year one year, scoring championship and league MVP, a staple of the Frankfurt Lions, and became a Deutsche Meister like yours truly. But his is a real one in the first league, <laughs> Mitt ERC Engelstad. And he even laced up for Canada a couple times. Welcome to the shed. Derek Hahn. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Good yeah. intro. Thanks, man. I've been practicing your episode 113. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I get into how we know each other. Uh, <clears throat> actually, we, pro- we should probably start off with the last time I would have saw you or, or the, like, the only time we've hung out was uh, Craig Freedy uh, from Elmira. Yeah. yeah he, he's from Elmira, Ontario. He's coming to visit you. Well, he was your best man, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was big Dutch. He was a good, good fella. Yeah. So, well, he's still alive. You don't have to say it like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, he was coming over to Frankfurt and I just happened to have the weekend off playing. So uh, we decided Lisa and I headed up and stayed at your house for at least a night. Right. <laughs> that's right. I got to tell yeah, the story. Yeah. One night. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to tell the story. Okay. I'm going to tell the story because I thought it was hilarious. I still think the story's funny. You had a game the next day when we got there. I didn't have to play. So Dutchie and I wanted to give her. (laughs) So we went out to eat, went out for steaks at that gorgeous restaurant that we should talk about where you cook the steak at your table. But anyways, then you head home at a decent hour because you're a pro. You want to be a good player and you go home and Dutchie and I... (laughs) hit the town, Frankfurt. <laughs> and uh, then when we got back to your house, which is impressive, you had a house in Germany, um, but Dutchie and I wanted to listen to tunes and stay up, but we didn't want to wake you up. <laughs> so, so do you remember what you came out of your room to? <laughs> yeah, you two sitting on the couch sharing a set of headphones sitting beside each other. We had one earbud in each. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. And I think your wife was sleeping on the couch beside yeah. y'all. And we I were sit, sitting on the couch head to head. I think I was using the right. He was using the left. 
<laughs> yeah, you guys were leaning towards each other. That's right. Just rock into toots. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then you, i remember that yeah i still remember that because the look on your face when you saw us sharing headphones we were just trying to be yeah. courteous we knew you had a big game and you played well and you yeah. won right <laughs> i don't remember if we won or not but i do remember you and freedy sitting on the couch <laughs> so do i <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure you won <laughs> okay so i guess that's the other parts of how we know each other we are both from elvira ontario right Six yeah. years apart, though. Yeah. Yeah, so we didn't really know each other, really. Like, I knew of you because I was a super fan of you guys when you were in Junior B, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, we didn't really know each other before. Actually, before you came to Frankfurt, really, I'd say. And that, yeah, that's just being a nice like, guy. I, I when Dutchie's like, were. I'm going to bring this guy, and he's going to stay the night with his wife, okay? And you're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That's how that's how Dutchy rolled. Well, it worked. It was fun, fun night. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, that restaurant was cool, eh? Yeah, I forget what it was called, but yeah, they bring you like a hot stone and you cook the steak on it. I forget what it was called, but it was a good one. We went there a lot. I felt like I was in the DL that meal. <laughs> <laughs> well, your old team is now, isn't it? Beating Heim is, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I, you know what? They asked me to kindly not come back. That's fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. But yeah, they moved up. But well, they probably struggle, I would think, in that league. Yeah, I don't know how they're doing this year, but I think, I think they were having fans and now they're not having fans anymore. I'm not sure how it's working. You're out. starting to sound quite American, aren't you? Yeah, I've been here a long time, buddy. So, um, yeah, we're both from Elmira. We'll get into that. We talked about Freedy and yeah. Okay. The other time we know each other though, before we move on and get into all that is, uh, we played against each other, Frankfurt versus Beatingheim 2008 ish. That's right. Yep. Yeah. You were the big dog in the DL. I was slumming away in the second league and I think we put up a pretty good fight against you that game. And, uh, that was the year we won it. I think you guys beat us. Didn't I, didn't, I, I, I didn't know if I was misremembering, but we did beat some DL teams for sure. No, you guys beat us, I'm pretty sure. And I think you had you either had at least a couple points in that game. Yeah, I remember. That, that was, yeah, that would have been my best year of hockey. That was the year before the knee injury when that, she all went downhill. <laughs> uh, I got yeah. you. Yeah. Tough times. <laughs> um okay but yeah i remember that you were the first line like dl and i was like geez i really want to play in that league and then just never happened never panned out but you ended up winning the whole thing eh we did yes sir should have won it a second time the next year too but both with english yeah the year we won it we probably shouldn't have won it but then the next year when we lost in the finals we had a lot better team and we should have probably won that year but we didn't so mm, okay but, yeah that, that's how it happens so yeah. uh where and what are you doing now now i'm in amarillo texas with um, a twang in your voice that's right <laughs> i'm married with three kids um and i'm selling cars for toyota selling cars for toyota so like in a dealership yep yep and how long you been doing that Pretty much since I retired, and when did I retire? 16, I think. So it's been about five years now. 
You know what? I actually looked at that. You retired the same year as me. Um, our paths never really crossed that much, but we were Germany the same years. Like I was all six years. I was there. You were there just different leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Can do yeah. Spreckenine bis in Deutsch. No, not really. You were there for like 10 years, man. I know. And it's pretty sad. Really? Yeah. That's the DL though. That's the difference between the second league is there's not as many imports. So you got to kind of embrace it more, right? Well, you know, the way it worked for me when I first got there, like I went from Denmark first, right? And then I kind of right got from lucky. there. Yeah, you went from there to there. <laughs> right. But I kind of got lucky getting on with Frankfurt. And uh, so I didn't even know how long I was going to stay. So I didn't like, you know, after I signed one year, my first year, and then I signed a couple other like for two more years, but I didn't think I had a great first year. So I was like, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So I didn't really embrace it. And I should have right away. But that's but. what happens, right? You go over there and you don't know how long you're going to be there for myself. Right. I, I was on one year contracts my entire career. So you first get over there. You're like, what's well, a one year deal. You're not going to go take the right. time to learn German when you think you're there for eight months. But by the, t- that all of a sudden I'll re- never forget. Right. I'm out with my buddies, hammer and Guypey, the last episode. And one of them just said to me, he's like, come on Waldo like it's been four years you can speak German by now and I had like I didn't have the confidence right because they shoot you down a few times when you try it and then you just don't try it and then it took about six to seven beers and all of a sudden I could actually speak German (laughs) yeah I didn't even know I could do it yeah it happens that way you are American eh? and now you're dipping too I love it (laughs) I've been dipping for a long time. (laughs) A lot of hockey players have been. Um, So uh, you got kids. I do. Three of them. Addison's my oldest. Uh, Logan is the middle and Brody is the youngest. Sorry. So what do you got? I I was listening to names and I was kind of blanked out. You got a girl. That yeah, much? she's the oldest, and then two boys. Okay, are they playing hockey? Uh, Logan's played a little bit. Brody's five. We're thinking of getting them in, but we're not sure yet. They got a pretty good little youth program here. So, a couple uh, guys I played with when I played for the Gorillas are still around. One of the guys' names Austin Sutter, and he's kind of taken over the youth program here. So, they have quite a few kids, and they get the – Dallas Stars learn to play program, which it's pretty cheap to get all the equipment. It's kind of a way they get people involved down here to to start them in hockey. So they actually just built uh, a little another rink for the youth program. So now we got two rinks in town here in Amarillo, Texas. So are you part of hockey at all anymore? Not overly. I just don't have the time to yeah to do it. I'd like to be more involved, but. Um, it's just tough right now with the three kids. They're doing other sports, you know, football, baseball, uh, basketball. Because you're American like now. That. Yeah. You're not well, living in is, Elmira no more. <laughs> no, this is Texas. You know, yeah. football, baseball, baseball football. Yeah. Yeah. What? So when they're playing football, are there kids that like, are they playing full tackling? Are there some injuries at young ages or not? No, nah, right now it's just flag. They, he could play. My middle could play, I guess, uh, pads, but I don't see the need for the pads yet. So, right, because I don't want them to get injured. Yet. I don't want them to. Where were your kids born? All here, 
Really? Oh, yeah. Timed it. Timed it right. Yeah. Well, you you always put up a lot of points. <laughs> Real goal score. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting because we had to time it the opposite way. We had to time it in season because uh, she wouldn't have health care in Canada when we were home for the summer, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, we had- you didn't get because I had German insurance and we had the kids in the U.S. and it covered it, but I had to pay for the kids being born. I just had to pay and then I had to turn in all my receipts to the German. Oh, you were in something different company. than me. I, we just did it. We just straight up had the baby in Germany. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I heard it's pretty good over there. Lots of people had them over there and it's pretty, it was all, everything went well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the only thing was, um, like my German was pretty good, but the medical German of like having a baby <laughs> probably mm-hmm. wasn't my strong suit. And my wife's German wasn't nearly as good as mine. Sorry, honey. But like mine was a lot better and they were having me translate to her, like what to do. And she obviously <laughs> wasn't in that good of a mood a lot of the times so right. like when i'm like ah i think they said push um then i just <laughs> then i just had to start like saying it with confidence like yeah they said push yeah push yeah it's yeah, time to go sorry yeah don't, don't be so angry <laughs> it's almost over <laughs> all right so random question because when i put on instagram are you on instagram nope Mm, couldn't find you. I knew it. Um, okay. When I said you were coming on fan from Germany said, ask him about the longest shootout ever that he was in the penalty box for. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I do. I was playing for straw at that time and we tied the game. We were in overtime in the last shift of the game. I forget. I was in front of the net or something. And I gave a guy a little like cross check, like a push cross check, like nothing bad. And they gave me a penalty right at the end of overtime. So I went to the penalty box. And this thing, this shootout, I think it's like a record or it was unless someone beat it. I forget how many shooters, like 20 aside, maybe kept going. And you just sat there and, and watched from the, the penalty box. I had to I had to sit there. They wouldn't let me on the bench. And I just sat in there and like at, at some point, uh, Brandon Dietrich, he was hurt but he was on Munich's team and he came down and sat with me in the penalty box for a while. I mean, they went on golly. I don't know how long, almost an hour. I think, I don't know. It was the longest thing ever. Yeah. Well, shout out to Dietz. He was the one that got me to Germany. Um, I've still been trying to get him in my shed, but uh, he's been dip dodging me, but uh, Oh yeah. Punk. But yeah, he was the reason <laughs> I ever got to Germany because he, he wanted me. I still remember that. I just want you to come to my shed, Brandon, come talk to me. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, so then if you were in Straubing for a year, then you would have uh, played with two former potters. Uh, the left side of your decor would have been Kelvin Elfring and Andy Canzanello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I played with those guys. Yeah. Kanz, uh, he's a character, isn't he? <laughs> he is a character. <laughs> I haven't heard. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Last I heard he was living in Vail, I think. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's he's that's there still where he is. Yeah, we had quite the the pod. He was in one. It was fun. <laughs> it was was good. Oh yeah. It was a it was a, it was a hoot. Yeah, <laughs> Kansy was a good dude. Oh yeah. Okay. So growing up in Elmire to the Sugar Kings. Talk yeah. to me. 
go for it. Tell me the story. I always tell people, I know what it's like being from Elmira, but nobody else does. Right. So talk to me. Right. Well, you know, you grow up watching them and, uh, that's what you want to do. And that's the team you want to play on. And then for me, it took me a while. I forget. You never played triple a or anything, right? No, I just played the midget with Woolwich. And then it was my last year in midget. And I think if I didn't make the Kings that year, then I would have probably been playing high school hockey because there was no other no other place to play. So um, you know, you're probably the latest bloomer in pro hockey history. It took me a while. Yeah. It well, it's just interesting because every year you kept getting like ex- quite a big jump each year when the research team was hot. And like by the end, you're playing for team Canada and you're getting a point a game in the DL. And it's like, this guy was, wasn't even getting like a scholarship to a division one school. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It took me a while. And even, even in university, I mean, my first couple of years, it was all right, but not great. And then my third year, I obviously had a great year. And then, you know, my fourth year I was in, ineligible to play because I went to Conestoga college while I was playing for the Kings. And so I had to sit out that year. I got to practice one day a week. And uh, from there I went to the East coast league, the Atlantic city Okay, hold on. Okay. I I, this is all part of my questions. We got to go back. Okay. Don't get too far ahead of yourself because I knew about that. Your clearing house issues, eh? So you took more than two classes at Conestoga College, jammed you up, eh? Yeah, I was going full time because my mom didn't want me just to sit around and play for the team. And and you don't know if you're gonna get a scholarship or not, right? And then that's yeah, you lost a year NCAA then. So it's your senior year after you get a goal a game. Yeah. So you could have left and played pro instead of finished school, but I could your division have, but, three. Right. And every guy that had left the school the in previous years, you know, you see him bounce around the coast and uh-huh. this and that. And I was like, no, I'm just going to stay here and finish my classes. What'd you take in and school? Try. Business management. Me, me too. It's kind of a broad degree. I don't yeah. I don't know. It is a broad degree, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, so, anyways, um, you know what? I think we also had the same minor hockey coach because he would always tell me about um how much better it was to coach you than me. <laughs> Brian Brian Shellhorn. Yes, I remember him. Yeah. He was my major peewee coach. He coached me. When did he coach me? Was it midget? Uh, did he coach me? Midget? Yeah, I think I think he would always say when I coached Derek Hahn and midget, he would do this, this, and this. And he's like, you don't do that. <laughs> 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 like you don't pass it. And I'd be like, well, <laughs> it's nobody open. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should have shot more anyways. Yeah, you should have. Yeah. <laughs> oh I was nice. always told that. Yeah. I can give you a player review if you want, but that's what I've been doing for everybody. But I know you from when I was young, so it doesn't even count. I should be able to give a player review on you. Anyways, (laughs) do you want want it? Sure. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're responsible all over the ice, always on the defensive side of the puck, but you're also the team's top scorer. 
and one of the leaders. You're not that vocal in the room. You just go about your business. You just do your thing. But uh, when you go on the ice, you do everything correctly, everything the coach asks. And you're on the power play, you're usually the half wall guy. But when you get the chance to walk in and rip it, you usually don't because you want to dish it. You want to set up the one tee. How would I do? That's pretty close. <laughs> is it? Good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's my thing. You know, all I need to do is bring a guy out to my shed and then watch him play one time. <laughs> uh, so anyways, the Sugar Kings, you guys, uh, you scored a huge goal that I remember as a kid when it was like not even the quarterfinals or semifinals against Kitchener. Do you remember that game? Mm-hmm. Double overtime. Yep. I, I, th- I think, game. I think there might've been too many people in the arena. We may have been over the fire code limit. You could say. I would, I would agree with you. Yeah. There were people like hanging from the rafters. Like actually, I remember, you know, like I remember getting to the games Heck, I don't know when we were supposed to be there, 5.30 or whatever it was. And, like, there was people already going in, setting their blankets down. And it started getting exciting then, you know. You come into the rink and we – I forget where we finished that year. I don't don't even know. But once we started winning a few games in the playoffs, then it it was getting pretty good. I think I was in like grade eight or nine when that was happening. And my goodness, the town was a buzz, you know, it was, it was. Yeah. Actually, I might've been grade six, but yeah, it was as exciting of hockey as I've ever seen when you guys marched to the championship. eh? Yeah, no, it it was fun. And uh, I think the biggest thing was the two guys we got from the Siskins, Brandon Dietrich and Rob Collins. And I don't know, who pulled that off, but whoever did. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it really changed the, changed the whole Sugar King franchise history, right? Because without it, those it, two it guys, is. you're not winning it. But the thing is, is like, yes. you never got enough credit. But then I always look at it as like, you need some flair too. If you're the player like you are, when you're playing second or third line of Junior B, for you to get attention as you guys had to win. You had to get scouts to the games in those final games for them to see, like, well, why is this team winning? Well, look at this guy scoring the big goals at the end of the game, right? Uh, And he's playing defensively sound hockey. Well, I think the big thing for when the Sugar King started being good is also just like you, you know, you're a hometown kid. You need hometown talent to actually have a good junior team. You can bring those guys in, but if you don't have guys – from home right. and you guys want it too right Wally didn't you? we we won it all and we had I think five guys on the team that were my age from Elmira right, right. like yeah big thing yeah oh yeah we had a lot of local guys and um that is what it took but um it's so fun yeah. man when the sure kings are good and we were in like high school and you're winning the Sutherland cup like that's living isn't it yeah yeah it was fun it was fun you got to go on the fire truck ride too Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We lost in game seven. The second year is brutal. That's what we did too. Niagara Falls. Right. Still stings, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Should have won. I know. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So then, uh, (laughs) was Clippy around there? He Clippy's still around. Did you know that? Yeah. Clippy sends me messages every now and again. I think yeah. he keeps up with a lot of guys. 
Man, he's a machine. That guy's been doing it forever. He was my grade six communications teacher. He was my grade, yeah, maybe grade six art teacher. Yeah, man, he can do it all. And he, I've, rumor has it, he's the one that like let a lot of NCAA teams know about the guys in Elmira back in the day, right? When there wasn't the internet and everything there is now. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to Clippy. Used to, yeah, Clippy's awesome. He used to get, you know, I don't know if your team went on visit to a certain school or something, but I mean, he got us, I think we went on a visit to St. Lawrence and Clarkson as a team just to kind of see what college is kind of like. And, and if you didn't see that, doing. it changes your whole mindset of what you want to do. And they he, they did do that. We My rookie year, we went to an Ottawa 67s game to see the OHL and uh, St. Lawrence. And then we also went to uh, Ferris State to see Collins play. So, like, uh-huh. and you see those schools and you see the bands and you see, like, the talent and, like, the hype. And you're just yeah. hooked, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good deal. And that, I think that was all Clippy's doing, yeah. Well, and then it brings your team together too in Elmira, right? You go on a you go on a team trip at the start of the season. That's how the boys bond, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, um, anything else about Elmira before we move on? Do you get back there much anymore? Not much, because the folks moved up kind of close to you now. They're down Concession Eight near Tiverton. Really? Uh, yeah, they've been there for a while now. So. Um, my aunt and uncle still live in Elmira, but with you know COVID and stuff, I haven't been up there in quite a yeah. while, and I don't, you know, it's tough. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If you come home, you're probably heading to see the folks, right, in Tiverton. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, then. Uh, okay, so the clearinghouse. That's on my notes is the question mark because I knew something had gone down there. But uh, how did you end up in RIT, and were there any? NC double or what division one schools looking at you how'd you pick RIT so I mean I they had come to a couple games gave me you know a bunch of stuff on them and the coach came to the house and visited but I did I mean I was talking to Brown University because my I took the SATs I didn't even know what they were I just took them one day and scored good enough that I could get in I didn't have to retake them and so I was talking to Brown but Brown had told me because I was going to Conestoga that I would have to sit out my first year and I could play the next three years but they weren't even going to give me a full scholarship so I was like nah I'm not going to do that but with the division three RIT they were like you can come right in and play they never told me I I couldn't play my last year so I didn't know that until after the third year was over and the athletic director said, you're, you're done. You can't play. And I was like, what? And so, so you didn't we, even know that you had broke the rules. No, I had no idea. And I didn't know till she told me at the end of my third year. And I, like I did a petition to the NCAA. Yeah. Like I, I didn't know. So they didn't. Yeah. They, because there is something in there. If you were misled about your eligibility you can get another year and I was like I felt like I was misled no one told me I only had three years I didn't ask but you know so that's the way that went down but well interesting but like after the year you have in division three 61 points like I ah jeepers that sucks you had to sit out that next year eh? (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a big time. Yeah, I got to practice on Tuesday mornings for power play practice, and I had to be a defenseman on the PK. And that's all that you did my... for that whole year? That's all you yeah. could get in? That's it. So then you finish school, and then uh, you're like, okay, like I'm still giving pro a shot, even though yeah. I took a year off, right? Yeah, so the guy that had been at the school – he had graduated the year I was coming in. His name was Matt Thomas. He coaches, I want to say he coaches University of Alaska Fairbanks now, maybe. But he ended up being an assistant coach with Atlantic City. And his brother worked at RIT. And we would skate in the summertime. I would skate with some of the Rochester Americans and things like that. And he had told, his name is Matt Thomas, they call him Tito. Another guy on our team, Jerry Galloway, who was, I think he won player of the year in division three as a defenseman. Anyways, he signed with him and his brother told him he should sign me too. So they did. And we went to camp. I didn't have a great camp right away, but I did good enough that they kept me around. But then they would put me on seven day IR, take me off 14 day IR. And that went on for, I don't know, three months. I played two or three games, maybe. That was with with the Elmira Jackals? No, that was with the Atlantic City Boardwalk Bullies. I went and played with the Jackals just one weekend while I was going to school my last year. Oh. They, just, they were shorthanded, and they're like, they called, and I said, yeah, I'll go play. So I went and played. Well, the coach told me, well, I thought we weren't going to have enough guys, but we do. And so I was like, do you even need me to dress? He's like, yeah, dress. And for the first two games, I just dressed and sat on the bench. I never got one shift. <laughs> and then the third third game, there was a bunch of fights and guys were getting kicked out. So I finally got in. I think I had an assist, but. And then, uh, yeah, so, I went, went so back I, and he's like, I'll call you. I'm like, you know no, what I find very interesting? Back about your story though just like so you you almost are done hockey after midget because you have to make the sugar kings or kind of bust right and then you you, right. you you get you make the team but then you score at all these big goals and each year you just keep getting better and better and better then you only get to division three instead of division one but then you're just so much better than anybody by the end and then in pro, you literally got no chance again, and then you end up on Team Canada. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Funny yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Do you find it interesting or no? Because <laughs> I do. I do. I mean, I I tell the story. There's so many, like... Do you think it's because you never went AAA and never were around the high talent and stayed single A or what, what's, why do you think you're such a late bloomer? Because what I notice, and I'm only going to say this is, a lot of people I talk to in the shed seem to be from small towns in Ontario when or small towns that guys that never did make it, but a lot of them never really deep down believed they could make it, never really pictured it, never really thought they could make it. And they didn't realize they were as good as they were, but they got pretty close. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, I mean, coming out of midget, I wasn't sure. I mean, you know, you go to the Sugar Kings training camp and you think you do all right, but you're not sure. And they're bringing in guys from Thunder Bay, Sault Ste. Marie, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you're fighting with other guys you're growing up with. I forget. I think 
ceiling. Scott Ceiling made it before me. Grundy, Kyle Grundy. Um, a few other guys were making it, but they were a different type of player than I was. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, that next year, I don't know. I don't think our team was real good that year when I made it because you know we we weren't very good. I don't know where we finished, but um, yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's so many different things that could have occurred that just would have derailed my career. Yeah. It's so that, I, it's just how far it went and how long it went, how like just the gradual climb here at the start is quite interesting. Right. Well, even leaving Atlantic city, I, the head coach was Mike Havland and I'm not sure where he's coaching now. I think he, he was assistant coach with the Blackhawks at one time. He's a good coach, but I went into him and I said, you know, I'm, I just want a chance to play. Yeah. I don't care where it is just because it, you know, like you say, I wasn't getting a lot of opportunity, but finally I started feeling more comfortable in practice. I'd, I'd be doing things against the, the guys that are playing. And I'd be like, I had a pretty good practice today. I wonder, you know, is it, am I ever going to get a shot? And, and in practice, you usually know when you can play or not, right? Yeah. And so he he's the one that ended up getting me to Amarillo. He knew the head coach here, and he's like, all right, go there. So I loaded up my soft top Jeep and drove 26 hours to Amarillo, Texas. You did have a soft top Jeep. It was cool. I remember when I was even, your super fan. God, you cruise around soft town. windows. Holy yeah, well, you cruise thing. around town with your blonde hair and your soft top. And I was like, geez, <laughs> that's living, folks. It gives you something to aspire to in a small town, Ontario, you know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Um, so that's how you got to Amarillo. And then you, uh, well, yeah, you get a chance when you get there, eh? And then you find a home. Yeah, it was, well, you know, again, the first First game, I think, first shift, we're playing in Austin, Texas. And uh, my first shift, I lose my guy. He scores. I get benched. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, here we go. And I, this was going to be it. If I didn't make it here, I was coming home. Yeah. Um, but I played the rest of the game. We ended up winning 2-1. I didn't do anything. It was a home and home. So we came home, played him again, beat him again. I think it was two, one, three, one, something like that. But they were, I think they were first place. And we were, when I got here, the team was seven and eight, maybe. So middle of the pack, maybe. And I hadn't done much, but he kept me around next. And then the third game, I think we were playing El Paso. And I had, I had a goal and assist, I think, or maybe two goals and assist. And after that, it was, that was it. And then I had a good year as far as the rookie goes and, I, I find it interesting because you're a guy from Elmira that nobody knew anything about plays division three. And then like the guys that are a first rounder that were say they hit puberty, like bef- before other guys and like they're big, huge guys, but like, mm-hmm. and uh, they go first round and then they just stop getting better. <laughs> like those guys kept getting chances over and over just because of where they were drafted. Right. Yeah. I mean, you play with a lot of them. I played with and against a lot of them over in the Dell. I mean, first round guys, big signing bonuses. Oh yeah. And you're, you know, for a guy like me, I'm expecting this guy to just be so good, so much better. And you you kind of, you don't just keep, 
getting confidence in yourself because you're like, he's not that much better than me, if at all. Like, and I, like, and I, I don't know if that's an Elmire thing because I was the same way, man. When I went to the AHL, I, w- I went on the ice and I'm like, well, I've seen some of these guys on TV. And I was like watching them play instead of playing myself. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. I mean, it's it's crazy, but it does happen. And yeah, I mean, I took me, I was still growing. I remember I fractured a bone in my shoulder when I was 23, I think, in college. And it was a growth bone. And the doctor said, how old are you? And I'm like, 23. He's like, huh. He's like, you're still growing. So yeah, I was, I kind of just grew a little bit Yeah. each year. And yeah, I think my best years were probably in my early thirties when I felt the most confident, strongest, I would say. And I honestly, I felt like I was still learning a lot about hockey myself as a player. It's just my knee wouldn't keep up with my brain. (laughs) I could see the play I needed to make, but like at the end, I like, I couldn't make that extra step or I couldn't like stop up quick enough to like get it around the guy, but I could, I knew what play I used to be able to make. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. It, it happened to me when I got older. Yeah. 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 Well, that it happens to people, but anyways. Okay. Uh, so what's Amarillo like? I've never been to Texas. Uh, Amarillo. It's up in the panhandle. It's kind of, flat, windy, dry. Uh, it could be 80 degrees one day and 30 the next. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Oh, my wife just said it's God's country. So God's country and the panhandle <laughs> panhandle something to do with uh, Pensacola, Florida too. Cause that's where I was on my way to when I turned around and went to Germany, that had something to do with a panhandle, right? Yeah. It, yeah. So like the panhandle, they call it, it's the little, you know, on the top of Texas, the little square up top Amarillo is right in the middle of that. Mm. And so the panhandle of Florida is kind of, I think the offshoot, you know, how Florida goes down and then there's the offshoot this way. I think that's where Pensacola is in there. Yeah. Doubt, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, what do, so people, what do they like to do for fun at Amarillo football and baseball? Yeah. Football, baseball, love the Cowboys, you know? Um, yeah. Lots of, are you lots into that ranching around here? Yeah, I like football. I'm big into football, big into fantasy football. I don't know if you play fantasy at all, but I'm big I, into fantasy football. I only did a year or two with hockey teams, and I would get it would get me so into football that like it would take over, right? I'm kind of happy I'm not into yeah. that. This is taking over now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So you just got to have something to be into, right? <laughs> That's right um anyways okay what are where are we we're in uh fort or geez not fort worth gosh darn it amarillo so favorite restaurant in amarillo favorite restaurant in amarillo favorite Hmm. restaurant in amarillo texas from elmira ontario folks in the shed tonight (laughs) Derek hone (laughs) uh i guess Sakura, it's a sushi restaurant, I'd say, is my favorite one. Sushi, eh? Yeah. Ah, I would have thought in Texas it was going to be some kind of barbecue, but you're going sushi on me, eh? Yeah, I'm going sushi on you. I actually think when we went and visited you, it was one of my first times ever eating sushi because Frankfurt had it. 
Yeah, they had good sushi there. I remember going to all sorts of all-you-could-eat sushi for like 15 bucks or something. It was good. It was good. You're right. Um, sushi is good. Worst thing, I, I like cooking now, or do, and um, I tried to make sushi one time when I was playing in Denmark. It cost me a ton of money, tasted like shit, looked like shit. It was awful, and it took me all night. You know who made good sushi? Robbie Collins. Like really? What I went, you know, you go play there and you're staying the night, and he's married to my cousin, obviously, Stacy. And so I would always go over there for dinner and a couple beers the night before. And he made sushi one night, you know, he's rolling it up and all this. So he can it do it? Good. Yeah, he had the whole deal like oh, the bamboo like, you've thing. You've seen and... you've seen him stick handle. He would be able to handle that. I couldn't yeah, do he's, it. He's pretty slick. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> oh yeah, slickest. Uh, guy on the ice i've skated with i think literally like of all the nhl players anywhere else like he makes people look stupider than anybody in the summer (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he was he was pretty filthy yeah i never really got i only played like an exhibition game against him like i did against you that's about it though because i guess you guys are like six years apart for me it's quite a bit in the hockey world yeah we're a tad older than you were Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're all old now. <laughs> um, okay, so did I this is a story I think I remember. <clears throat> has Craig Freedy, your old your the your best band there, has he ever dropped the puck in Amarillo? He has. He has. He uh he's been on the radio down here. Um <laughs> and then <laughs> I forget how we made it happen but we made it sound like he was the mayor of Elmira <laughs> and so him and my sister put my jerseys on and the GM of our team said yeah they can drop the puck so they came down and they dropped the opening ceremonial puck of a game and they introduced him I believe as the mayor of Elmira <laughs> he was telling me about that right before like we put our headphones in together <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was proud of that story. And I think it's great. <laughs> it is. It, it was hilarious. And, you know, he's on the, the radio with the radio what, guy. What's he talking about on the radio? Like about you? I don't know. I think he was color commentating. I'm not sure what he was doing. I never listened to it, but uh, he he would get up there. I think we were playing in Lubbock the time he got up there and an away game. And he's up with the radio guy talking on the radio. I mean, you know, Freddie is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but good stuff. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I could just picture him walking out them saying oh, yeah. he's the, the mayor of Elmira. Mayor of Elmira. Yeah. He's like what? 25 years old at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the no, mayor of Elmira. He just loved it. Oh yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Okay, so um, each year there, though, you do keep getting better and better. Uh, but what's life like in the Central Hockey League? I never played there. Is it the travel tough back then, or was it mainly in Texas? Uh, I mean, it was a lot of teams in Texas in the Central League, but no, it was long, long road trips, man. You know, you got the sleeper bus, and you're playing – Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon, and maybe Saturday you're playing in Austin and you got to drive 10 hours and then you got to play the next day at three in the afternoon. And 
Oh. You're not making much money and, but you're having fun, right? Like that's kind of what it was. It was, it was almost like being in college, getting paid a little bit, kind of putting off real life. Yeah, that is what it is. It wasn't until, you know, I went overseas and started making a little bit more money where I uh, took it a little more serious, but, right. um, but it was fun. I mean, you know, hey. how, mu- how much you get paid can depend how serious you take it too. Right. Like, right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, my first, when I got to Amarillo, I remember signing my contract outside of the Austin ice rink on a chair because you had to get dressed in almost like a portable and then you had to walk outside to get into the arena. And I signed it right there. (laughs) And I asked the coach, I'm like, do I need to read this? He's like, no, you don't need to read it. Just sign it. And I, I signed for, I think it was $400 a week. That was, that's what I was making. Yeah. Well, beggars can't be choosers, right? No, that's right. I was, I was happy. I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. So then uh, we, we haven't had a love story in a while. So how do you two crazy kids beat? You're obviously met, still in Amarillo. Yeah. Uh, we met New Year's And Eve. shout out to her for letting us stay in her house in Frankfurt. <laughs> yeah yeah you met her yeah. um we met new year's eve what year was that she said she doesn't know 2004 2004 new year's eve that's it's, where we met yeah new year's eve where uh it was called grand central station it was the big bar that had like five different bars in it oh so you just approached her on a dance floor or what? I just caught her walking through a crowd. I, I think I was double fisting at the time. Oh, people from Elmira <laughs> tend to do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a good look. Yeah. I mean, it worked, right? Well, you don't want to go to the bar again. <laughs> what? You're going to buy one drink and it's gone right away. And then what? Right. you going to stay right. in the line again. <laughs> yeah. Good thinking. Right project management okay well um anyways so uh that would have been early on in your amarillo time so then did they start giving you the hometown discount to make you get you to stay there because they know your gals there (laughs) yeah i mean the one thing that happened so the year that i went over to denmark then they asked me if i they were gonna Oklahoma City in the centrally because you, you know Denmark it's only I think we were done in February maybe we were that? in first round of playoffs I don't know if it's the same now but like the season was short I and saw so, that your last year you went back there and played the playoffs eh yeah because I mean if we lost out the first round I could still play enough games that they someone could use me for playoffs but the problem with the central league was the team you played for the year before still had your rights so I had a call from Oklahoma city and they said, we, you know, if we can make this happen, we're going to try and trade for your rights. Would you come play here for, for the end of the season and playoffs? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm coming back there anyways. My wife's from Amarillo. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll come play for you. And then Amarillo found out you were saying that and they're like, just play for us. 
Well, yeah, he's like, well, I guess they didn't think I was coming back, or I don't know. But then the GM. Do you want to know? And, do you want to know what why they thought that was because of how well you had done in Denmark, and you're like, well, I probably shouldn't put Central Hockey League on my resume anymore because now I'm an established European budding star. But you were like, nah, man, I just want to play hockey. Yeah, I mean, that's really. I was like, well, they said they pay for the apartment for the summer and pay me whatever and pay for the cable. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And in retrospect, I had already signed with Frankfurt and it was probably wasn't a smart move because if I would have got hurt, then I would have ruined that opportunity. That, Yeah. So it wasn't that smart, but at that time, you know, I still wasn't making a ton of money. So I needed money. Well, um, I guess this is totally different. I was going to ask how you got out of Denmark to the DEL, but you know what? Germany already knew what I had to offer and nobody wanted me. And that's why even if I had a good year in Denmark, nobody gave a shit. <laughs> um, well, so it was, how did it happen yeah, for I mean, you though? Cause you go over there, you play one year in Denmark. How do you get the deal in Frankfurt? Cause like there's, that's a sought after job, right? Like a lot of people want that job. Yeah. I'll tell you how. So we go over there, we have a little preseason, then we have a, we go to a preseason tournament in Switzerland, and we're playing four games there. It's kind of like a little tournament. We're playing three Swiss A teams and a Finnish team from the top Finnish league. And going into it, I'm like, we're going to get killed, you know. Yeah. But we end up, I think we might have won one game, and we're close in a couple others. But Is this I had, with Rodover? Yeah. And I had a couple, I think I had a, at least two points a game against all those teams, like finished the tournament with eight or nine points. But we played against EB Zug. And I want to say the coach's name was Craig Simpson, maybe. And he knew uh, the head coach of Frankfurt, and he had called him after we had played him, I think I scored two goals and had an assist against his team. And uh, he called the head coach of Frankfurt and said, you need to take, take a look at this guy. And that's, that's truly how I believe I got there. I, I had a good year in Denmark, but just having a good year, I don't think would have got me there. No, that's uh well, that's, people helping people, right? It's like when a guy sees someone, it's like, maybe this guy's been under the radar or something and nobody's really noticed him, but like, it takes someone saying, Hey, check this kid out. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really how it came to be. So well, that's really cool. Um, and before I forget, cause I do forget sometimes is um, I'm having a raffle on my website. I have a website now, honey. It's pretty wild. <laughs> What's the website called? Aleshockeytails.com. And okay. um, we're doing a raffle. I'm making jerseys. We don't know what they're actually going to look like yet, but it's going to be like Boston Bruins colors with my logo in the middle. And I'm raffling off one of those. Prices went up because of Sam Duggan. You can argue with him. Uh, uh, episode a couple ago, he told me my price was too low. So price of tickets are five pounds each if you want to try and win the jersey. And it's okay. going to be done January 22nd. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Send me the link to the website. Yeah, aleshockeytails.com. Um, no, but yeah, we're going to get shirts. We got more shirts and hats coming too. So, you know, we're just going to keep this thing rolling. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like it. I uh, just, I always forget to, to talk about that stuff. So I should, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, we, I don't want to skip over Denmark though. <clears throat> you lived, that's like Copenhagen, right? Road over? 
Yeah, yeah it's that, just that's outside. the old rink, right? The cool rink. Yeah, I guess it was older. I mean, I, I think they've built other teams in the league have built some rinks since I played there, but Rodover's rink was all right, I thought. Yeah, no, I that's the place definitely where I cut my leg open. Um, I cut my leg open there and I had a young Danish doctor s- stitch my leg up under that arena. He put in a good 11 to 15 stitches. And like, so I had tried to do a spin a Rooney on the D man in overtime, right? Yeah. yeah. I would go in, cut to the middle. And then as soon as they go for it, I'd spin a Rooney around and tr- right. Well, he whammies me in the back of the sh- pants and I go flying into the end walls and my, my uh, one skate cut the inside of my leg and it was the last shift of overtime. So then we go to a shootout and I don't know if I can like skate cause it felt weird. Something, uh-huh. felt, something felt not right. <laughs> and uh, we go in the shootout and we lose before I was the last shooter. We lose before I have to go, but I go out onto the ice and it's clear. I cannot stand up anymore <laughs> and uh i go back in the room and this little young danish doctor he couldn't have been more than 25 he stitched me up in the dungiest little room in the basement of that arena and uh-huh. when i when i when i took my sock off it was like i had pig that had been sliced open like i could see everything on the inside of my leg it was disgusting man i could see everything ah it's gross yeah man it missed all the, the bad stuff though. So they stitched me up and then I think I played. So it was fine, but it was yeah. gross looking. Oh man. I was puked, but yeah. So road over Denmark. Sorry. I got sidetracked. Yeah. That's the uh, though. Yeah, no, it was a good spot. I mean, when I first, that was my first stop over there and I, I, I liked Denmark just because everyone spoke English and it was, and they're nice. We were right? close. Yeah. Super nice. And we were close to Copenhagen, but the first apartment they put me in there, it was like a two bedroom, didn't have a oven, just a couple of hot plates and a toaster oven, um, which I was okay with, you know, I was fine with, um, but it was above a mall is what the apartments were above a mall. And then they started doing construction on the elevator there and they were like jackhammering all day <laughs> and I was doing good at, you know, for the year and game days, this thing's going on. I can't sleep. You know, I need my pregame nap. Everybody and, needs uh, <laughs> a pregame nap. Everybody does. You need it Monday and, to Friday too. <laughs> I know. That's the one thing I miss the most. I think. But, hey, um, I've been talking to people about it. Napping was a serious, serious part of the game. Part of the it job. It really was. It really was. And I went to the gym. I said, I can't, I can't take a nap anymore. Like y'all have to do something. So they put me up in a hotel for a couple of days. And then he found me a new apartment, brand new building, downtown Copenhagen, right, right off the river. Gave us a couple of nice bikes to ride around. I mean, I love Denmark. They were trying to get you to stay then or what? Well, I think near the end of the year, they wanted me to, but, and if they could have paid me enough, I probably would have stayed. I mean, it was, so I did, like Denmark. It, yeah. And Copenhagen area is nice where I was. There wasn't quite as much to do, but it is very nice. Um, yeah. Very nice people too. But um, yeah. So how does the Frankfurt thing happen though? Because you're doing well there, but like who actually gets in contact with who? Do you have an agent then that does that? Yeah, I had a, he was a Danish agent. His name was Bjarne Matson. Um, he's, a trio of guys 
he's Danish. He's, they have a Swede, and they have uh, I want to say last name Potman. Potman agent over in North America. Here they have the I think it's called SMG is what their agency is. But he's got all the high end uh, Danish guys. Uh, I know they had Zetterberg and all that. So he did. He deals with a lot of the Danish guys there. But I was at the all-star game for the central league and a guy named Jeff Christian. And I want to say he played for Pittsburgh penguins, maybe a little bit, but he played in the DEL and that was his agent. And he told Bjarni to contact me. And so he called me, I said, yeah, I'd love to go to Europe. Never had an agent before. And he's the one that got me over there. And so then when I was playing in Denmark, whoever called, they would have called him, you know, I don't, I never talked to anyone besides him telling me, Hey, Frankfurt wants to sign you. And I think uh, you need to sign it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, okay. what, what an opportunity. Okay. Yeah. So then you go back to Amarillo, but before we finish Amarillo, were you guys ever good? Cause there was one year you scored 114 points in 64 games played. So mm-hmm. you had, you were obviously done with the central hockey league by then. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I, can't say that if the agent didn't reach out to me, I don't, I don't know. You would have just kept doing it. eh? Well, I'm not sure if I would have stayed here or looked to another league. I could have went to another league. I just couldn't go to another team here. And there was lots of teams here that were paying big money under the table stuff, like newer teams that were coming in. And, uh, but I, you just can't jump from team to team for some reason, they own your rights for the year after. So I don't know what I would have done if, yeah got a call from the agent so okay well uh so then you guys were were you ever good did you ever almost win it in amarillo no never almost won it but we made it to the playoffs and i think we made it to the semifinals one or two years but you're getting 114 points the next guy on your team had 76 (laughs) and the next guy after that had 50 and I know what type of play we already had your player review, so you must have been way better than everybody. <laughs> that must have been funny to watch. And that's why Dutchie's the uh, mayor of Elmira and can drop the puck in uh, Amarillo, right? <laughs> that's how it happened. Yes, sir. <laughs> he, he mentioned that you may also be the mayor of Amarillo. <laughs> but Okay, um, so then when you get to Frankfurt, I know how it is in the DL, right? You get there. They've paid each guy a certain amount of money, and that is where they are supposed to be on the roster. First line, second line, third line, and that's basically how they pay guys. So you probably were lower end, and they were probably like, this is our fourth line center. They would have had me third line. Third, third line, line center. center. Yeah. Yeah. That's so then how does that in, yeah. first year go? First year goes training camp. You know, when I went over there, everyone's got this resume, NHL on the resume, all this stuff. And I'm and like, you got I'm Central League in Denmark. Denmark. And I'm like, Division oh, man, three. this is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so I go into training camp and having a good training camp. I mean, doing pretty good and uh, having a few exhibition games. Coach actually puts me out on a five on three power play on the point. And, uh, had a good training camp on our way home from Italy where we were doing our training camp, played Augsburg in a 
uh, exhibition game. And in the game, a guy came and hit me and I just kind of just put my hands up like that. I ended up breaking my hand. And uh, so I was out for the first six weeks of the season. This is your first year? Yeah. And uh, I remember that too. So I hadn't even been in Germany yet, really. You know, you get there a couple days, do your testing, and then we bus to Italy training camp. I finally get back. Now I got a broken hand. They take me to the hospital, say, you're going to have surgery tomorrow. Trainer just drops me off. The doctor's talking to me. He's not real good English, but good enough. And he sends me home with a needle and uh, some medicine. He's like, you got to give yourself a needle in the stomach tonight for the surgery tomorrow morning. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. No way I, I could do that. I ended up doing it. I was sitting I on the couch. I, I have, I have, I have, apparently I have a thing. Okay. You can call me the P word if you want. This is like a medical condition. If I see a needle go into me, I faint. I pass out. <laughs> so when I was playing for the Sure Kings in the finals of the Sutherland Cup, they froze my hand for all the games. And uh-huh. if I saw the needle, I would faint. And we figured it out in Dr. Kennel's office when he froze my hand to see if it worked, to see if it, if it was going to work uh-huh. so I could play the games. And I, I woke up in his office and then and we realized if I don't see it, it's fine. And it could work. <laughs> yeah. No, this is, he's like, you got to shoot this in your belly. And I'm like, what? So I'm at home that night. The and night you did it. Surgery, and I stuck her right in my belly and you did the showed up the next swab on her there then? No, didn't do didn't do any of that. Just <laughs> didn't want to leave, did that, you know, made sure there was no air in there and, so you had surgery on the hand. So it was pretty yeah, broken. I, yeah, it was broken in a few places. I still have a screw in there. That's But that was my first, yeah, that was my first uh, deal with that. So I was out the first six weeks. You get BG with that? No, I didn't get anything. I had a guy uh, get in contact with me about BG, but I haven't heard anything back because I broke my hand twice and then I – tore ligaments but it was just your hands you the know you pro- need, the like, problem the problem you need is, your knees or something well you probably well yeah my like my knee but the problem is um you got to get it documented like right away when it first happens that's the right. problem is yeah. now you go back and say well this happened this day you gotta like right. have all that shit done right yeah i had a lot of people help uh with me with that stuff but it sounds like the ship has sailed or I would tell you who to reach out to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe, maybe they could sponsor the pod. Actually, I might have to, this is, <laughs> this is a new idea. Holy moly. I only want 1%. I'm not going to tell you, you who yet until I talk to them. <laughs> okay. Anyways, move it on. Um, you played. So now we're in Frankfurt. Eh? You played there for three years. Yeah. And what year I would have been there 2008. So I don't know that what year you had been there. You seem pretty comfortable. You had a full house by that point. That would have been my second year. I want to say maybe second. Year? Well, when, when you're in Germany, yeah. most people live in apartments and you guys had a house with, you guys had a dog, didn't you? Oh yeah. 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 Like with a backyard people in Germany don't have houses, and backyards. 
yeah, that thing was huge. We had a huge backyard, but typical German house, you know, like real small and but yeah, no, nah, we we love that house, yeah. Yeah. So um I guess uh Frankfurt as a city, that was a pretty cool city, eh? Yeah, it was a good city, like a modern, you know, you you lived in Germany, like it was a modern city. I guess it everything well, got bombed and they built it up kind of yeah, like Almost like North American a little bit, I guess. But. Yeah, it was different than the towns I like played in, right? I was in a lot of the right. older. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Where of all the places you played is your favorite food? Hmm. Probably. I mean, it was all good. There was good food at every place. I guess Germany. I don't really remember Danish food all that much. I don't either. Other than the hot dogs. Did you eat a lot of hot dogs, Denmark? I don't even remember. You wouldn't remember. It was kind of normal food. It wasn't like. Yeah, it, it is normal food. They're, it's not like a. They're not. They don't have their staples, right? They're just right. doing what everybody else is doing. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And German food, I mean, you know, we grew up in Elmira, that's a German area, so it wasn't like a real change going to Germany either, really. So No, but they had a few things, just a few techniques in the kitchen that were uh, a little bit better than what we're doing around Elmira. Right. But, yeah. you know, like, I remember the, like, my old man coming over and I was like, you know, the pig knuckle and all that. He's like, oh, you gotta get those at the Heidelberg Hotel and all this stuff so i'm like and the other thing is it's like i went over there i'm like you can't get this shit in elmira like you can't get this in canada then i went to the saint jacob's market i'm like ah there's the vice versus zeus semp right there (laughs) (laughs) i better take that home and put it in the hot water yeah and get a pretzel yeah yeah um yeah so yeah, you're right there there are definitely some germans around elmira um Uh, okay so you're in that you're there you're in frankfurt for three years so the contracts and the money must have gone up how long are your deals when you're in germany so i was one first, year my whole career one year my whole career yeah my first year was a one year deal then i signed a two year with frankfurt after that around christmas time that's right after the broken hand yeah i played you like signed a two-year a deal right at after that yeah i played maybe a month and they wanted to re-sign me so they knew what they, they knew what they had i don't know but i was like okay and maybe if i held out i would have got more money but i was like yeah that gave me some stability and uh i was fine with it and then uh frankfurt folded obviously or else i think i probably would have played there i would think my whole career i don't think i would have left there um Went to Straubing on a one-year deal. And, yeah, so uh, don't try and go too fast on me here, okay? Because now you're in Straubing. And that's yeah. what I – so you go bankrupt. That had to have been late because why are you going to Straubing? Because you're now an established DEL player. And uh, so, you're three years into it now, and you're getting like – so hold on. Your last year in Frankfurt, 50 points and 55 games played, and that's on a bigger budget team before they go bankrupt. And then – you go to small budget Straubing. Yeah. I got a call July 4th. And you know what time you're, you need to be over there for training camp around July 26th. 
Oh, so I get a yeah. call July after the July 4th weekend, we were up at her family's cabin in the mountains and I heard we went bankrupt. So then I'm like, Oh God, now what? So and a lot of jobs are gone at that point. Right. And all those guys that I play with are looking for jobs and every, all the imports are, a lot of them are filled already. So I got my agent to talk to two teams. They're both kind of lower end teams, Wolfsburg and Straubing. Wolfsburg wanted to sign me to a two year deal. Um, and I was debating that, but every time they would send the contract over, I'm like, this isn't what we agreed on. And he'd be like, okay, I'll send it back. And oh, it just was really? never. And then I was like, you know what? I want to go to Straubing because they were going to, they were telling me, all right, you're going to be our first line center. And I said, all right, I'll take that one year deal. I'll bet on myself. Um, if I can have a great year, then I can sign wherever, wherever I want. Yeah. So that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Makes sense. I, I, yeah, makes sense. Um, and then uh, you go to Straubing, and then what'd you get? Like a point a game, didn't you? Yeah, I was. I started out really good. I I was over a point a game for a long time, and then I think I just got too relaxed. And that ha that hard. happens but, too, though. I yeah. did that in Beatingheim. <laughs> and then uh, a guy I played with, Lee Gorin, who was one of the better players I ever played with over there. Um, he ended up him and the coach got in a fight, and he left the team. He ended up going to the Swedish league, but. Um, the next game or the second game after he left, I got hit from behind in the boards and I tore tendons in my thumb. And so I was done for the year, but I had already, I had already signed with Ingolstadt before that had happened. You know, you could sign with a team. Isn't it bizarre for a team? Isn't it bizarre? Yeah, it is. And like, Soon as I did that and word got out, I mean, home fans, they're holding up signs about how terrible a person I am. And you're like, well, I mean. Oh, man. So I didn't know German, right, when I first went over there. And the first year um, I show up for a practice. And last episode, the guy I just said hi to on New Year's Eve, Guypey, all of a sudden I show up for practice. And there's like six news cameras there. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, well, Guy, they just found out Guypey signed in Beatingheim next year. This is when we're in Lansuit. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're on Lansuit this year. How is he signed somewhere else? And they're like, you can do that here. You just sign wherever, whenever you want. And I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. But then what really happens in Germany or in Europe, folks, if you're over there and you haven't signed by January or February, your mind starts playing tricks on you when other people aren't calling and like things aren't happening yet. You're like, well, this is when it happens. What's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta cash in when you can. I mean, it's like anything. And I would have stayed in Straubing. They had offered me to keep me, but I was like, no, that's not, that's not going to do it. Like no. I, I probably would have stayed there if they would have like came with a, a good offer, but my old coach from Frankfurt was now coaching Ingolstadt. And then and you have that relationship and it's comfortable right. and you're going to get paid more. And it's like, well, right. that, that's and, a no brainer. Yeah. And he called me and it was a two year deal and for good money. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes so. a lot of sense. Ingolstadt. Is, and that's what people that might not know about this is in Germany. There is about what you'd say. There's like two teams that are the highest end budgets, Mannheim, Berlin. And then there's 
like four under that maybe Ingolstadt or like, what do you think? I would say there's probably at least five higher end teams, Mannheim that have a chance of winning, right. That like really each year have a chance of winning. Yes. Like their budget. I don't know what you compare it to in other sports, but like, like, like I guess baseball where, you know, the Dodgers, the Yankees, their budget is way bigger than the Oakland A's or whatever. So like those teams budgets are way higher than the Straubings or the Wolfsburgs or teams like that. But Engelstad actually had, I mean, they, they can pay. I mean, Audi is one of their main sponsors. They have a lot of good sponsors. So, I mean, that's where and that's what it's all about. From. Yeah. It's all sponsors. So maybe the shed yeah. should get a sponsor one of these days because Bayfield Brewing Company, I only got two beers left. So I hope you're still my sponsor. <laughs> and if you haven't emailed them and let them know what the shed means to you, please do. So they're still my sponsor in 2022 before their budget meeting. Cause this is a snook stout, a ru- Named after Ryan O'Reilly, who's also a hockey player, just like all of us like that it. didn't make it. Right? I like it. That's a good can there. <laughs> yeah, it is. And they gave me the glass, too. And that's what I've been drinking out of for, like, the last 80 episodes. <laughs> nice. But just hoping everybody emails them and lets them know how important this is to them because and to me. Because uh, hopefully I can get more beers because they're the best around. And I love the Bayfield Brewing Company. So let them know if you guys like the shed and the beers. <laughs> oh god okay i want i got a random question because i don't have that many guys on that play in germany first autobahn experience loved it can i gotta tell you my story then i've been in germany for two weeks i haven't really drove and uh brand dietrich who gets me the landsuit germany says yeah. his parents are coming in on the exact same flight as my wife they're coming in on the same flight. So he's he's got like kid and wife now. And um, I got my own car and he goes, okay, follow me to the airport. And then before we get in the cars, he says, just so you know, when you get on the highway, stay to the right. But the faster you drive, the faster you get there. <laughs> What's the fastest you ever went? Uh, the fastest I ever went, I think I got it up to 230 kilometers an hour, maybe. I only got her. I never had, like, I was a second league player, right? I didn't get the cars that had that power. I got her up to 190. <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, because Ingolstadt wasn't far from Munich. So, like, when Lacey's parents or my parents would come, we'd hop in the car and we'd drive. It's, you know, on the Autobahn, it's 35 minutes. So, um yeah, I had her grandmother and her mother in the car, and I think I was going just, I say just 180, but I was going 180, and panic Lacey's, attack? Well, Lacey's grandma was kind of like, how fast are we going? And <laughs> Lacey's mom's like, you don't want to know. But it wasn't like you were out of control either. I mean, on the Autobahn, it's like you're driving on the flattest, nicest road you've ever it, 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 you don't feel like you're driving that fast because everybody right. else is driving that fast. Yeah. I mean, you're going 180 and you got someone coming up, flashing their lights behind you and you get over and they're like, the, 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 the only parts I always found that were 
kind of scary-ish where when you could hear something coming and you were like, because everybody always says, like, if you're not going fast, fast, if you're not fast, move over like that, right. move over. But you could hear something coming behind you. And then all yeah. of a sudden it'd be like a Ferrari or something, right? And it would just yeah. go by you and, and like, I don't know what, how fast they were going. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would say that all the time. I'm like, I'm going this fast. I don't know how fast that car is going. Like, I, It's hard to picture. I mean, Yeah. 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 But yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So anyways, that was my first experience was with Brandon Dietrich. Hopefully he'll come to the shed someday and talk about it. <laughs> he better come on here. Seriously. You know, that night when his parents showed up that night, I think we even had like the picture of the game sheet. Cause he had asked me to, or I told the team about me to come over to be his line mate. And that game, when his parents showed up and Lisa showed up, we each had two goals and two assists. And it was first the goal and the first assist for each one. <laughs> and we had the picture and it was like, yeah, good work. Yeah. Thanks Brandon for bringing me well, over. Bet, yeah. Well, he better get on here then. You would think so. Right. You would think so. Think so. Okay. Um, anyways, in Germany, you had your kids there, so you got to take them on the ice and all that fun stuff. Oh yeah, that's fun, eh? Yeah, it is. It was. Logan was a little younger by the time I was winding down. He was more. I mean, in Ingolstadt, a little bit where you know you just hold on to him and your back hurts the next day. But um, he finally started pushing things around. I think when we were. In, Austria. I think he was three in Austria. So, um, yeah, pushing the penguin, you know, as you're oh, pushing the penguin. Yeah. No, yeah. my kids never got old enough to be skating around. They would just be running, but it still is pretty cool when like the fans take a shining to your kids, right? Yeah. Well, I always thought it was fun after a game, you know, after you win, the crowd's like take a knee and you got to sit there and they're like, you know, I was always take the kids out there and I don't know if they really remember that or not, but it yeah. was pretty cool. It would be. And like, I always, you do not find it interesting German fans, how they would absolutely love you with a win. But if you'd lost, like, it was like you actually offended them as a person. Yes. They take it so serious. And I know sports fans here have their teams and they take it serious, but like, I remember the year we won it, we were having a terrible year and we lost to Augsburg, who's our rival. And they had to have the cops because our fans were outside of our bus and we couldn't get to our bus. And they had to have the cops escort us onto the bus. And I'm like, this is this is going a little too far. That the fans are going to hurt you for not right. playing good? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was like, but then that year, that's the year we won it. So, I mean, I Wait, know, in, in Garmish, right? In Gar- and, well, yeah, and that's the other thing is then on the other side is they can be the nicest people in the world when you're doing well. Well, I think it's where you play, too, because in Frankfurt, Frankfurt was such a big city. Like, you had your mainstay fans, but, like, I think it was a lot of business people that came to the games and things. There wasn't as hardcore, but like when I went to the Bavaria area <laughs> and like Ingolstadt, it only sat, I want to say 5,000 people, but they were hardcore hockey fans. And like, oh, that's yeah. when it was like, I, I think they believe they're like, they're part of the t- team. Like when you don't do good, 
that offends them. And, you know, I don't know. Well, and then like beating Heim against Helbron, oh, win or lose, like they're late. Like the other, I I heard of fans at Beatingheim got suspended from the arena for like half a season or the rest of the season, like for literally getting a full blown, like, it's like that movie about the soccer brawlers, right? It's like the same thing. And they're doing it over the hockey games. We're going to go out and play. Like, are you serious? (laughs) Right. Yeah. They're, they're intense, man. It's crazy, but I, you got to love the atmosphere over there compared to, you know, playing back here. It's, but it's not even similar, is it? Yeah, no, not even close. It's, it's like, it's, cool it's like you've there. never played in front of fans that like actually get excited for goals and like actually show their emotion and like aren't scared about what everybody else is thinking of them. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's, it was a cool experience playing over there, man. Did you ever have to do the train after a game where you do the snake where everybody grabs the guy's skates in front of you and you snake around the ice? I think I had to do it. Yeah, I think I had to do it once in Straubing maybe, but I, I wasn't a big fan of as that. As soon I, as I did it, I'm like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and then they're all up there like chanting and oh, like yeah. telling you, you guys have to do it. And it's like, this is like a mob scene where they're telling us what we have to do. And I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, yeah. That's exactly the way it worked. Yeah. yeah. But some guys like that stuff, but I didn't. I'd like I some of it, but not when I'm being told what to do. I'd rather do it on my own. Right. Uh, yeah. I'd like to make those decisions. <laughs> um, okay. So when you won it in Ingolstadt, that would have been fun though. They would have really liked you then. Oh yeah. That was big time, man. Like, I think because... Had they the won it before? Had, I think they won the second league, I want to say. But I don't know what year they won the second league. But they had been close a few times before I got there. They, they've always had decent teams. I always hated playing against single step. But the year we won it, we... I think we made the pre-qualification. I think we're really? ninth place, maybe. Yeah. What? The year yeah. you won it? Yeah. And we played Berlin, who was like won the last five out of six in the pre-qualification. And uh, we lost the first game in Berlin, won the second game at home, you know, best two out of three. And then we beat them one nothing in overtime in Berlin. And then we had to play each of the top teams because we were the qualifier. And then we ended up playing Cologne, which Robbie came back to play for Cologne that year. And then uh, we were up three games to two playing at home. We lost in overtime. And when they scored in overtime, Robbie speared one of our guys and was kicked out for game seven. And we ended up beating them in Cologne in game seven. Okay. I have heard that story. Yeah. I don't know if we win that game if Robbie's playing, but – well, Robbie is like we've mentioned, he was that the most skilled hockey player that I've ever seen. Yeah, he's pretty good. And he went there for the playoffs and um he was having a good playoffs. He, he was did. running a muck, you could say. Yeah, 15 or 16 points he had already, and then he got booted for spearing <laughs> spearing a guy. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Our guy was isn't fine, it an interesting I mean, world though that two Elmira Sugar Kings are playing for the German championship? Like that you guys are the two guys I'm watching. And you know what? 
whether he speared the guy or not, that is neither here nor there. But I watched him play a lot for the Elmira Sugar Kings on that playoff drive. And let's just say those things could happen on route to the championship. Yes, I agree. But like like you say, I mean, I remember playing for the Sugar Kings, taking a face off. Jamie Wright is out there dropping the puck after the World Juniors, you know. Yeah. And then I end up playing with Jamie in Frankfurt. in Frankfurt. And I that was when I came to see you. Yeah. 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 yeah and he's from Elmira too. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, the whole Elmira, thing. Elmira, man. Spider web of hockey players, right? Yeah. Um, so did you have a parade after you won in Germany? Yes, we did. We all hopped in the Audi cars and ended up doing a parade route. And ended up going downtown to the, I don't know, it's the building where you get your visas and all that. I forget, Rosthaus or Rotzplatz or something uh, like that. Yeah. I know and they had mean. a balcony there and it was just full of people and they would call everyone out one at a time. You brought the trophy out. Did you say something, but nothing in German, just straight English? No, you didn't say anything. They just, you know, you had to raise the trophy three times. The fans would. Oh yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but no, it was cool. And we got bought, uh, they bought us all Breitling watches instead of rings. We decided to go with Breitling watches um, that they bought us after we won. And that's really nice. That's what, what is, are those expensive? I don't know. Cause in the second league in Germany, I got a metal that is rusted and I don't have the strap for it anymore. Yeah, no, they're they're expensive watches, and then the, year, the next year we lost. We were going to get Rolexes, but we lost. So, mm. but we all thought it was better than a ring, just because you can actually wear it. Yeah. So yeah, I can't wear watches, but yeah, do you wear it? I do, pretty you much do. every day. All there right. You go. Okay. Well, you got to be proud of that because I yeah I can't imagine when the first league I won the second league, you know. And I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, any championship. I still got my Sugar Kings uh, ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing is uh, when I your player review, though, like is is like your teams win. Like you, you're uh, you're a winner. Um, that's why you're always on the defensive side of the puck and you're one of the top players on the team. Like that's what teams need to win. The teams that have the guys that don't do both don't win right well i was the first year i went to frankfurt i remember having my team meeting with the coach his name was rich chernemez and he said you know we brought you in here we knew you were pretty good offensively but i didn't know if you're any good defensively and he's like you're pretty good both sides so good job this year we'll see you next year and i was like <laughs> all right thank you <laughs> yeah um uh, yeah, everybody plays like their personality. So when you made Team Canada, that must have been something wild because a kid from Elmira that almost was just almost done in midget, then makes Junior B, then goes Division Three. You make Team fucking Canada. Yeah, yeah, I was beyond. How does elated. that? How do you find out? You get a phone call, and there, and uh, my coach called me. He's like, "Hey, would you wanna?" play on team Canada for the Deutschland cup. I'm like, yes, of course. And he's like, I guess, cause you know, some of these guys have done it before. So they're like, they no, just I'd pass it up. My they, break. They want to go on go a vacation. Take break. 
Yeah. I'm like, no, no, yeah, I'm I'm there. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I got to play the first year we won that I got to play, and then I got to play again. And that's the one picture I say and Messier was our coach. And we didn't do very good that year. Was um, he your head coach? He was. Yeah, but that was his first kind of stint of trying to get into the coaching. So it just didn't work all that well. But, I mean, I remember when, telling Lacey. When you when we, were playing for Canada, were you talking like this? No, probably not quite no, as bad. No. But I, I remember telling Lacey when we first got to the hotel and Messier called the little meeting, everyone was there. And I was like elbowing her, like that's messy. Yeah, that's messy. Yeah, and he still, you know, he just walked in. His shoulders are like this, and I was like, "Yeah, it was pretty cool." I got to sat and talk with him for a little bit. It was good stuff. Oh, for sure. But like, and yeah, it's that's that would have been really cool. So then, did you guys do any good with Team Canada the other year? You were that? How many times you played for them? Two years. Yeah, I played two years. The first year we won, and then the second year, I think we finished third. We didn't do that good that And year. it's Canada, which is the best players in Germany usually, and then what, they get them from all the other European leagues as well. They can. When I first – my first year was – we might have had one guy from maybe Switzerland or something. And then the next year, I think we had a couple from other countries. I think now they're actually pulling from – all sorts of countries that are playing over there. But when I first started, it was mostly guys from, from Germany. Well, I'll never forget. Speaking of the small world was like, obviously I go over to Germany. I fought like where you're there. Collins is there, but I go, I get hurt my knee and I go to Ortima, which is where I do my rehab. I got my brace and I show up and the big van with a German guy playing a Canadian guy on the side of the van is Rob Collins. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. And I was like, this is a really small world. And like, I drive up here and Rob Collins is on the side of that van. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird he was big stuff. time. They, they called him the professor over there. That, that was the nickname for him. The professor. Well, it's bad. <laughs> In the summer, I go out and skated with him a couple times. Like, and I just usually I don't like feeling dumb. And when he would come up to me through the neutral zone, and I would feel dumb after, and I was like, "Huh, what happened there?" Right? Yeah, he does the old like around the puck. Where do you think I got it, folks? Where do you think I got it from, <laughs> folks? I was watching every game. Oh gosh. Yeah. So anyways, so then when you're done in Ingolstadt, how does it end that they're like, okay, you're not coming back here this year. So you're there. What, my, four years, four years, four years. My last year, I didn't have a very good year that. So we won it the year before. And then I don't know what happened, but we got a new coach for some after reason. you win it. Yes. And I don't know if, the sweet we had a Swedish coach the year we won it. I don't know if he was trying to hold out for a job in Mannheim or something like that, but whatever happened, they went and hired a guy named Larry Huris, who's from our area. I don't know if you know that name. He's he's a former Sure King and Potter. Yeah. Yeah. And uh 
me and him just did not see eye to eye through the year. And I don't know if he called me in the summer when I was up visiting the folks who I haven't seen in three years. And he wanted me to come over to his cottage. He's got a cottage somewhere up there. And I said, no, I'm going to see you in a week. You know, I haven't been up here in three years. I'll just see you over there. And I don't know if he held the grudge or what, but me and him just did not get along. And, uh, just wasn't a fun year. I didn't have a fun year, even though we did really well. Yeah. And so, you know how it works. They were basically, and I was older too. I was 35 maybe at the end of that year. And I was going to be done after that. And I said, I had a buddy that was playing in Innsbruck. His name's Jeff Almer. And uh, he wanted me to come play there. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, all right. I'll play one more year. And went there. Our team wasn't very good, but it was a beautiful city. And, but yeah, I probably should have hung it up after that year. But after, bef- instead of going to Innsbruck, yeah, probably. My my mind just wasn't in it. Plan, I just wasn't. I don't know, just wasn't. You didn't enjoy it enough, like. Yeah, no, it wasn't fun. Just because our team just was not good. We were well, and that's the problem, right? Is like everybody goes different routes and like you're either doing it for the money or you're doing it for this or that. But like I could see it like you've been making good money. You've been on the top teams and then you still want to play. But you end up in Innsbruck in Austria, who's a small budget team. Your team's yeah, going to lose. That's not going to be fun, right? Yeah, no, it wasn't. And you know, for me, I kind of went there to see a new city, be in a nice city, kind of have fun, maybe not necessarily on the ice, but maybe a little bit off the ice. And, but when you're not having fun on the ice, then it just, it's just not fun. It's, so. but it's the same on the ice and off the ice, right? You got to be having fun all the time. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have, uh, you got to enjoy life to play good, yeah. right? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But, um, yeah. So in the, in the car sales world, how many hours you got to work a week? A lot. Yeah. I could see um, you're starting to fade on me. I've seen you're trying to fight yawning, but you're like, you know what? <laughs> I haven't talked about hockey in so long. This is great. <laughs> well, that comes with three kids, buddy. Three kids. Um, uh, yeah, that, yeah, you're right. No, I work Monday through Saturday. I get Tuesdays off. Um, but it's pretty lax place. Like if I need to go do something or need time off, they're like, yeah, just go. I mean, you're on commission. So if you're not there, you're not making any money. So, um, but it's, it's the biggest dealership here. We sell the most cars and I'm doing pretty good. So I can't complain with it. I'm, I'm not shy to to go to work, you know, (laughs) I saw saw my boys. Well, that's what it is, right? Yeah. You, there's not, there's not many people that went to Elmira high school that are lazy folks. I wouldn't say. (laughs) Right. I wouldn't think so either. Yeah. No. And, uh, you know, it's interesting growing up around the Mennonite fellas because you don't see it that often until you get older. But like when you grow up around the fellas that like, their grandparents or parents may have been like old order Mennonites or whatever, but like the work ethic they have, like they don't even realize how hard they're working. But then we like, I see that. And like it, it the people you grow up with, like teach you how to be right. Mm-hmm. You know well, I, I see mean? there's Mennonites around here. I'm not sure what order or what they are. You know, they got the bonnets and everything. 
when they come in, they're they're car buyers. They have thousands and thousands of dollars down, great credit. You know, they're just hardworking people that do things right. So whenever I see them come on the lot, I'm like, oh, that's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where I can bot. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, man. Well, I don't know. Do you got anything else for me before we shut her down? No, buddy. What are, what are you doing now? Um, where are you I working? Am- I'm uh, into heat treatment. Um, I'm the engineering technical supervisor at Superheat and Concarded. Uh, okay. We do heat treatment all over the world uh, for welds on in power plants and refineries. And my team kind of does the drawings for those and how to set it all up and whatnot. That's cool. And how many kids you got? Two uh yeah boy and girl and uh yeah the son is so into hockey it's scary um yeah weird uh new year's eve he said to me uh we're like talking of whatever we're doing like our new year's thing and we're like what are we gonna do this new year's and he had lost our team i'm the coach um we lost in a shootout in silver stick finals and Uh uh-huh his thing for the next year was he's going to win the, they're going to win the silver stick. <laughs> well, there you go. I yeah. For those turnies. Yeah. He is, he is determined. So <laughs> well, that's good, man. That's good. Yeah. He's into her, but uh, no, seriously, thank you for making the time. I know you're busy. You got three kids and um, yeah, we're all busy, but like for making the time for me, thank you. And I hope whoever listens to this from Elmira, Thanks for making us the guys we are, even if he talks this way, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Honey and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all. Cause they got no rhythm And that's alright Some people they drink too much Some people don't drink enough Some people are just like me I hope y'all forgive them I'm like Scott and Tanaco bands I'm like Pete Southdown Zan Zan I'm always speaking my mind